more pressure on the government this morning to address the issues around health this time access to GPs. They claim underfunding, shortage of workers, increased workloads. So GP Association GenPro have launched a campaign to save family doctors. GenPro Deputy Chair Angus Chambers with us. Angus, very good morning to you. Good morning. This is not new though, is it? Uh, it's been slowly building, but it's come to a bit of a peak at the moment, that's for sure. Is a lot of it post-COVID? Uh, COVID's played a role, but we've been warning of this coming for 10, 15, 20 years. So COVID's definitely with the borders closing and the uh, international medical graduates and nursing graduates. Uh, supplies dried up, that's a problem, but uh, it's a lot bigger than that. Let me come back to the immigration side of it in just a moment. Why don't we train more doctors? Uh, well, I think you have to ask Mr Little that. I understand the universities are ready and willing to train more doctors, but they've not been allowed to, so uh, that's not our decision. And that would be a solution, at least in part, over a longer period of time? Over a long period of time. I think the, the critical thing to focus on at the moment is retention. Uh, these other things have got a long lead-in period, and the problem is now. Yes, it is. Uh, most of, I mean, we've done this interview many times before. Most of them are getting old, 50-something on average. We're up to now, I think it's at 52, 54, whatever it is, and they're all retiring. Older, I think. Mm. So, so is it immigration that solves the problem? And, you know, once they're gone, they're gone. You've got to get them in. So immigration seems to be the only answer. Uh, well, no, I think people are leaving the profession uh, who are younger now. Uh, the attraction of Australia and Canada and places like that with a salaries are hugely higher. Um, you know, going into other areas of medicine, whether it's different specialties or specialising in skin care or cosmetics because the money's much better and the stress is yeah. much less. And then we're having a, a very significant undersubscription to the training programmes because it's no longer attractive. So uh, close to a half of the places that are available to train GPs have been filled this year. See, is it just money? Because what you've just described as a passion or a calling and if, it's, if, if it was about more than just money, then you haven't really solved your problem. Well, a lot of it's about money, I'm afraid. Uh, but yes, there, there are other issues. Um, but money does play a big role in our society. I'm afraid it's how things are often valued, isn't it? Yes, it is. The reason I say it is I got myself in dreadful trouble a couple of months ago when I said that, to be frank, being a GP, of all the things you could choose in medicine, being a GP strikes me as the most boring. And <laughs> isn't, isn't, is, I mean, isn't that the cold, hard truth of it all? It's coughs and colds and bunions when you could be opening a person up and saving their lives in surgery? Uh, Mike, I think you're channeling, channeling the Ministry of Health here. It's amusing. Uh, I, think, I think you're really, uh, I think you're speaking from a, a position of poor advice, actually. Uh, it's a, an incredibly complex job, and I think you might want to come and speak to some of our elderly people to find out how... I'm sure all of that, I'm sure all of that's yeah. true, but all I'm, because what's the matter to me? All I'm trying to say is, you look, at the, look at the lot of a GP... And is that not, if you were honest about it, part of the reason that they are leaving the profession? Because it's not as challenging as it might be. No, I don't think there's a lack of honesty at all. Uh, and in fact, I think many of us find our jobs extremely stimulating and, and, and interesting. So, uh, look, I think you're right that it's a perception that's uh, very common amongst our policymakers that all we do, do all day is press print and uh, there's no skill in it. So y your, your perception is certainly wide, widespread amongst the people who make decisions. But unfortunately, it's not the case. OK, well, that's good. If my perception, though, is my perception, is it mm. possible that kids go into uh, med school with that perception and therefore they go for something more glamorous? Uh, yeah, look, there's definitely some of that is true and I think uh, we need some more exposure to community care to show how interesting and valuable it can be. But I'm, I'm afraid that there's a, a lot of prestige that's also in the hospital culture and uh, a lot more money. And so students coming through see mainly that. So, of course, that's just what they'll go for. Yeah. Uh, as far as I can work out in all the medical interviews I've done in the last couple of years, the government goes, yes, it's a problem, yes, it's a problem, yes, it's a problem, yes, it's a problem, nothing happens. Is that your broad understanding of how this thing unfolds? 
Uh, absolutely. I think they've got no idea what to do because they just do not want to listen to the people who are on the front uh, front line. So they do reviews and then they do reviews of reviews and then they shelve the reviews or they do part of what the review says and ignore some of the key findings of reviews, such as the Health and Disability uh, Review. And, and they've, they've done a capitation review that I understand has been um, uh, shelved because it looks like it might be too expensive. Uh, they, they're desperate not to put any money in them. We've had the Minister uh, publicly state that uh, he's ideologically, no, sorry, um, instinctively opposed to people making a profit out of uh, health. So uh, mm. I think we've got, a, we've got a problem. Okay, Angus, good to talk to you. Appreciate it very much. Angus Chambers, who's the Gen Pro Deputy Chair with us this morning. It is-